Welcome to Mastermind, the show where you learn to develop and master your skills from the best of the best. Yes, your host, Mr. G. Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self mastery. Today's guest is an assistant football coach at West Virginia University of the Big 12. West Virginia has a long history of football since 1891. They've won 15 conference championships and 15 bowl games. Prior to that, he's coached for Fordham, Mississippi State, Stony Brook, Penn State, LIU Post, and Old Dominion. He has a bachelor's degree in physical education and coaching from Long Island University and three master's degrees. You heard that right. Not one, not two, but three master's degrees. One in interdisciplinary studies from Long Island University, one in liberal arts and science from Stony Brook University, and one in educational leadership at Penn State. Overall, he's coached some of the best ranked football defenses in the country. Let's welcome today, Mr. Andrew Jackson to the program. Andrew, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Happy to be on the show, man. Good to connect with you again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Andrew and I, again, have a history, man. I don't know what it is um, from, you know, LIU Post, you know, the black people from LIU Post from, uh, you know, 2000, maybe, what, four on up, man. Like, I don't know, man. We, we were a special breed, man. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, man, it it, uh, it definitely is great seeing you again, man. Um, it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. And uh, congratulations, man, on the new position, West Virginia defensive line, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. It's uh, I, I, if I told you ten years ago when we were back at post, I'd be sitting in, in this position. I, I, I'd be, I'd be lying to you. So I'm excited to be here and uh, and uh, excited to be on, on a big stage coaching. That's awesome, man. I, I, I'm excited to see you on the sideline from from the screen, man. Like when the games are on. <laughs> like, yeah, that's Andrew right there. <laughs> yeah, man. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, so yeah, man. Uh. You know, my daughter had a little, a couple questions early on, man, and um, we kind of been doing this thing where I'm having her think about some questions, and she raised a really great question, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a great question. I'm gonna steal that." <laughs> um, so she was asking, um, you know, how things have been like since like COVID with with coaching and um, you know, just the new regulations and and everything, man. I know this year for you guys was kind of like a wacky year in the college football coach, in every every college and professional coaching setting, I feel like even high school, middle school, whatever, has been wacky, man. So just from your standpoint with uh, the college football setting, what what has it been like? And, um, you know, what will it be like? Do you guys know what it's looking like for, for the up and coming season that we're about to go into for the 2021 season? And then what has it been like for 2020? Well, for, first and foremost, I want to, you know, just give my condolences to anybody that's lost a family member during this this pandemic, and then anybody who's uh, who suffered, you know, um, emotionally, uh, physically, and people that have uh, have long time effects from the uh, virus, and those who have um, suffered financially uh, with the hardships from the virus. But um, you know, it's it. I, I started off me personally saying, you know, I'm I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical profession. I know we took some health classes back in the day. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, you know, you know, beyond beyond uh, first aid, you know, that's not really our realm, you know. Um, so it, for me, it was just just learning learning about the virus and the ups and downs, and and then it became a political thing, and it just it just made it a mess. Um, you know, for, first and foremost, I would just say that I'm not a doctor, so any, anything that was. Uh, Anything that was on the approach of being cautious and safety, I was definitely on board with. 
Um, I just felt so bad though, because, you know, uh, around college athletics and around any sports in general, there's a lot of businesses that go along with those in the entertainment industry from whether it be in a restaurant or, or the folks that come clean the stadium or serve the food inside the stadium or, or do the security in the parking that, you know, all those type of people were affected. And we really, you know, one thing that we pride ourselves on as being athletes is always being in a rhythm and knowing the schedule and, and, and uh, not having a break from our normal lives and, and uh, not being able to know when, when we were going to practice, who was going to play, who potentially could test positive, uh, not let the kids go home, not let the kids be able to see their, their folks come watch and play in the games and stuff was just the, it just turned everything upside down. And so it's literally every day that you got to be on the field was a, was a blessing because you could test positive, you could have the game canceled, you could be in contact tracing, like literally, you know, every day you're just like, am I going to be here today being able to participate? Right. And then, you know, the kids that, the, the kids or the coaches that did wind up getting sick and, and things like that, you just were, you just, you know, you were nervous. You just, no, no one knows the extent of the virus a hundred percent. So it was, just, it was a lot of constant worry and just things like that on the side. Yeah, man. I really hope that, you know, 2021 is just a better, you know, less stress year for all the coaches and the athletes and everybody, man. I'm just thinking about, you know, just even our experience, you know, you were playing football at LIU Post and, um, you know, having a good time, man. Like, can you imagine something like that? Like in the highlight of your heyday, like, you know, like COVID and, you know, all the partying, all the fun, all the football games, everything is just you know, compromise, man. So I really feel for the kids out there, man, that, that really have been going through it, man, and the families and just everybody, man, like that, that had a tough time, uh, you know, 2020 into 2021, man. So I do hope that it is a better year, man, for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um. So yeah, let's get into, you know, who you are a little bit and, and kind of the work that you do, man. We know right now, you know, you're a defensive line coach uh, for West Virginia University, man. And you know, I'm really proud of you and, and you know, accomplishing that task, man. You know, I grew up, you know, high school watching West Virginia play all the time. And, um, you know, the, the, the their, their cool logo and, um, you know, just watching all the great plays and all that, man. So I'm happy that, you know, you're part of that that elite organization, man. Um, but let's let's backtrack it, man. Like to when you were playing, when you were Pee Wee and everything, like how, how things got started, man. So. You know, how did things get started for you in just the realm of football and in your life, man? Like the Pee Wee days, man, until so, where you are now. I mean, for, for growing up playing football, we played in the street and we played in the park and stuff like that with my cousins. Uh, I, I, I grew up uh, trying to live up to my uncles and my cousins who had made a name for them in our small hometown. Um, and where was that? Football. Uh, Middletown, New York. And, and, and my mom grew up in a small town, Goshen, near that. And her brothers played there. and Her one brother's in the ring of honor. My older cousin, Anthony, was a star athlete in, in uh, high school. So I, I just grew up watching those and going to my cousin Anthony's games and, and my younger cousins playing ball in the in the, in the the grass next to the field while his games were going on and, you know, playing tackle ball with no pads on and stuff. And <laughs> I, I wound up playing from, like, first grade all the way through uh, almost going to high school. So I just – and then that was all sports in general, but I just – I just I just I was always in the park outside playing. We were never allowed to sit in the house and do nothing. And and I have a bunch of older cousins and family that lived on the same street. So you don't want to be the soft kid that, that couldn't play. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, you know, those days, man, those days going outside, playing outside all day long, man. It's like a different world now, man. Like, you know, like if, if a kid isn't on a sports team or a club, man, it's like there's crickets outside, man. You don't hear nothing going on out there. So it's, it's a little different, man. Uh, but yeah. 
those were great days, man. Um, so kind of like what was your, you know, middle school, high school kind of experience like? And not only as an athlete, I know you're 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 a student as well, man. Three master's degrees, man. So what was it like inside the classroom and then also like on the field, man? Uh, so start off in the classroom, you know, I, I was, uh, I think I was a, a, a bright kid. I just never really applied myself um, at first. And um, it took me a while to realize how the importance of school. I mean, my parents are always on top of me. My parents pay for private school for me and my sisters. My dad worked three, four jobs to send us to, to a good school. And my dad's an immigrant to this country from Jamaica. So he never got a chance to receive a, a real formal education. He was always working. So it didn't really click for me until going into eighth grade where my, my, my dad took sports away from me. He didn't let me play uh, basketball in the, in the, in the winter, uh, football in the winter going into um, seventh grade because my grades weren't good. And that's when I realized like haphazardly, like I got to go, I got to do, do my schoolwork to be able to go ahead and play sports. And since he took sports away, then it made me realize that how important school is, but I really still didn't connect it. I was like, well, it's only important to me to go to school just so I can play ball. And it, but, <laughs> but, but I was still getting my education. Midway through high school, I was, you know, just watching my dad every day go to work. And he never had a career. He, he always just worked. He worked mm. to provide. He, he never, I never heard him say he was going to enjoy this day. He was going to go to work. So right. midway through high school, it, it just clicked for me. Um, I said, I want to go to have a career. I want to be able to wake up in the morning. And excited to be to go do what I'm going to do, and regardless of how much money I, I can make, um, and I, I, you know, I wound up wanting to be a school teacher at first. Um, I knew I probably wasn't going to be rich or, or you know, or, or be on Wall Street or something like that. That's but for sure. <laughs> I, but I, but I was going to enjoy what I was doing. Right. Um, you know, like I said, my dad just always woke up, and he was never in a bad mood. Happy go lucky guy, but he didn't have a career; he just worked. Um, mm. And I, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to enjoy what I was doing, and I, and I, I wanted to help people because. As much as my dad worked my throughout high school and through um, really college, the coaches in my life helped take care of me when, when, my, when my dad was working and my mom was working. They, they, go, they drove me to practice and looked out for me. They, they, they tried to have the best interest for me, knowing that my parents were, were working their tails off to provide for me and my two sisters. Got you. Got you. All right. So, um, you know, what was... What was your like high school football like experience like? Were you guys like nice? Like were you winning games? Like any championships, anything like that? Like what was what was that experience like? And then just transitioning into like college. What was, you know, what was that? Did you were you choosing between schools or anything like that? Like what what were those so, experiences like? Uh we started I was in the first ever football team in my high school. So they kind of started football late. Our first football team was in um two thousand two. And uh we I mean we were terrible. We were terrible. <laughs> and I was I was one of the I was one of the running backs and I was getting the ball and I was getting my I was getting my tail kicked, man. I was like, man, the hell with football. Like, we, we're, we're sorry. So I didn't want to play going into my sophomore year. And my dad was like, I was I thought I was gonna be a basketball player. Mind you, I stayed six foot two, six foot one-ish my whole life. So like the hoop the hoop dreams deflated real quick. Like, you know, you're not you're not six six. Right. right you unless you run nice in the guard position. You, you, you play yeah. point guard. <laughs> yeah, you're shooting threes and nice handles, you know, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> my dad's like, man, you better go out there and play football. So he drove me out there the first day of training camp going to my sophomore year. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad he did, man. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, 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 don't know why, I don't know what I was really thinking, but that's why you got parents, you know, to get you back on track. Right. So I wound up playing. We wound up doing really well throughout all my high school years. We were at least in the county championship on the section title game or around that game my whole high school career. We went to the wound up going to the final four my senior year. And the, those, are, those are the best moments of my life. Um, I, I had some bigger, some bigger offers to go, um, 
played play ball. I was recruited by Rutgers, Hofstra when they had football, Boston College. Uh, Stony Brook recruited me, but I, I shattered my ankle um, my senior year. Didn't really mm. get the chance to go play big time ball. And, and um, I wound up going to post. Um, Coach Collins gave me a shot with a, with a busted ankle and I was coming like recovering my freshman year. I registered that year and kind of kind of was like, dang, I don't know if I could even still play ball. And that's when I really realized like, man, whatever years I get out of this football thing are going to be just because this this is something I want to do. And I, I had no other way to pay for school, but I'm enjoying the hell of this knowing that there's no chance of me going to the league with this, my ankle, like the way it was. So um, I really, really, really locked into school. Um, when, when I, when after I hurt my ankle, like I realized like, you know, they, they always tell you like, it's fragile, like athletics, you know, you can only go as far as your body will let you, as far mm-hmm. as you got to get, you got to give an ability, man. I realized real quick, like I'm going to make it through this career. Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gutted through this, but they ain't no way no league team is coming after me. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I better do good in school, you know? Gotcha. So, uh, so it was, it was a learning experience as far as that, but I mean, like, like the, 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 the small experience I shared with you right there, where I put like, I was able to, by forcing my parents put athletics and academics in the same, in the same importance. And, and it worked out for me. Got you. Got you. Yeah, man. So, um, so when, when you went to post, was that like on a, on a um, full scholarship or a partial, like, you know, with your, with your ankle and then what was the ankle injury that you were suffering from? So, so I, uh, I broke my ankle and I dislocated it. So my, my ankle was turned around the wrong way Ooh. on my bottom of my leg and it, I needed surgery and all that stuff coming out of high school. So, you know, once I had a major surgery, I was like, you know, the chance of me going to the league with this kind of injury was like, you know, I, I had hoop dreams, as they used to call it. We was, <laughs> we was coming up. The um, NFL but, uh, dreams, man. Yeah, that, that league dreams. But I realized I realized after that, like, you know, it took, I went through a little bit about a depression, too, coming out of high school where you know, I was I was going to be this big time football star. And I had all these these nice schools talking to me and I had to fight through that. And, you know, it, it took a, it took a village, it took all my friends from high school, it took some close families that I was uh that I had played sports with to get me through that but um you know I went to post and back when when I went to start at post in 2006 it was only it was uh it wasn't scholarship per se yet but I it was like based on what your parents made compared to like those stuff from the FAFSA and you got a package year two they turned the scholarships and I wound up getting a, a basically a full scholarship to go to post I don't, I don't think I had to pay much with my academic money my my Pell Grant and all that stuff nice. it in there it was it was it was a real good experience for me financially to go to go to college, which was, you know, I don't I don't know if I'd have went to college if I didn't get any type of aid, you know. Mm. Um, so you know, I went through there, and, and Coach Collins blessed me with that with that that scholarship to go to play there, and it was it was the best thing that ever happened. Yeah, I remember Coach Collins, man. He's a very very straightforward dude, man. But he was about his players, definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, just what you were saying with the uh, just the you know the hoop dreams, man, that everybody has. I think a lot of people don't think really about like when it stops, man. How um, you know that's the whole that's the whole purpose of sports psychology, right? Like um, just when it stops, like the impact it has on on an athlete, man. You're talking about playing a sport that you love since first grade, you know what I'm saying? And then coming to the realization, like, yo, after after this experience in college, I might not play again, like, or I might not do this again, and or, you know, I'm not really where I thought I was going to be right now with the injury, whatever it is. And that could be really depressing, man. I know a lot of players myself, man, that, that have been in this posi- in that position where they do get depressed and, you know, some of them don't got people to pull them out of it, man. So I'm glad you had, you know, people around you that, that really got you through that, man. Because I think that's, 
you know, it takes a village really, like you just said, man, to, to, to pull somebody out of that kind of situation, man, because, um, you know, athletes growing up, star athletes, they, they, they taught that, you know, you are an athlete first, you know, everything comes before that, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you're a football player and that's what you are. And, and sometimes the athletes forget that, you know, they also good in other things, man, or they can explore other things, man. So I think that, um, you know, that that's one, one area I think is not focused on, man, like the mental health of, athletes and especially when they stop playing you know for sure for sure yeah man um so so overall man like uh you know you're a coach right now like who do you think taught you kind of most about the game like just coming up um and then who who were some people like players that you looked up to uh maybe nfl players or college guys that you looked up to and then where'd you learn like most of your skills and knowledge about the game from um i mean i, I one thing I'll tell you is, and I'm not saying this just to make the, the, the slogan answer, but I continue to learn from good people every step away in my career. Like, I, I'm not sitting in this seat talking to you as the defensive line coach of West Virginia because I, I felt like I made it. Um, I'm, I've been blessed to be around some good ones, but Coach Collins definitely gave me the foundation and uh, the motivation to want to coach. Uh, number one, like I said before, he gave me a chance when no other school was going to give me a chance after I hurt myself. But um, after we graduated, after right around we graduated, there was like no teaching jobs for a little bit there. It was tough. Yeah. So he, he, so he let me come back and, and be a graduate assistant in GA with, with the athletic department. And I wound up starting to coach there. So like, like I, me and you, like, like we, you, you could switch, you could easily switch us. Like I wanted to be a phys ed teacher and I came out and I was like, man, I can't get a job. Number one is I wasn't a daggone lacrosse coach. Um, so like, you know, if you use a lacrosse coach in Long Island as a physician, that's <laughs> yeah, them the best jobs way to coming. get it. Yes, jobs are coming, but I was, I knew football and I, and I played hoop, I played hoops in high school and everybody's like, well, we got those, <laughs> you know, we got a ton of those. So, so I couldn't get a job, man. And it was like, you want to substitute teach and stuff. And I'm trying to like, I went from, from living on campus to my family being an hour and a half, two hours upstate. Like I'm trying to find a job on the Island. And I'm like, man, I can't afford to live on the Island out here. <laughs> <laughs> no sub salaries. No so, joke. No so joke. I went back and I went back and tried to and got that master's degree. Um, you know, so that that's, I went back and finished it really. So that's right. how I started the coaching. Um, and then along the way, I mean, I had a I had a great opportunity. Um, second opportunity to work for Chuck Priori down at Stony Brook, and he, he's done great things with that program. He's taken them from a non-scholarship program to being in the CAA, being in the playoffs. Um, he's won a bunch of uh, Big South championships and. And Coach Priori, I don't know if y'all people know him, but that that he's like Coach Collins, two old school tough guys um, <laughs> that that really, really, really uh, taught me to have thick skin and and taught me to keep learning. Like, and I'm never like I'm I'm never gonna be the hot ish. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you you, you, you will get humbled in this game fast. They taught me that. Yes, sir. And I had an opportunity to go work for a black head coach, one of the very few in college football. I got to work for James Franklin, which was a great experience and. Shoot, that was the first time I ever went to a bowl game. Was working at Penn State. We went to the Rose Bowl in 2016, so that was a, that was a great experience. And then I got that was a chance like, to go to the, yeah. That was like right to, after all the craziness, right, with a Paterno yeah. and, and uh, yeah. Sandusky and all that stuff. And, yeah, and and that stuff was wild. I mean, I walked into that situation, you know, with those guys, and, and you know, trying to recover that program. And then I got a chance to go down to the SEC and work at Mississippi State with Coach Joe Moorhead, who, who, who started his football uh, college career, playing career at Fordham in the Bronx. So, like, right there, you go, I got three guys that are connected to New York that just uh, tied me to tied me to so much football. And 
and paved the way for me to keep learning, really. Mm. Um, you know, and then growing up, I know um, when we was in college uh, and, um, yeah, we was in college right there, yeah. So the Giants won a Super Bowl and, and, and like, I was, like, a huge, like, Justin Tuck fan, straight hands fan. So I remember we was at Post, we got the opportunity being right there to go to the Giants parade and stuff. And I was like, man, this is just, like, <laughs> Super Bowl can't, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it was it, those kind of experiences kind of opened my eyes to being how great it could be. Yeah, it does doesn't get better than that, man. Absolutely, man. Um, along the way, too, man. Like we're talking about three master's programs and your coaching like full time, man. Like how how on earth? Like what what was that schedule looking like, and how how'd you manage that, man? A lot of late nights, a lot of coffee, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, like I, I'll tie it back to my dad, man. So. Um, having a chance to like be a graduate assistant, um, and just the football side of it is like hitting a lot of, I always tell people, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you got to think about it. Like I'm, I'm one of like 1% of the less than 1% of the, of the football world that could get that opportunity to have that GA job. But again, I'm getting a chance to go to school for free. And I always just looked at my friends and other folks that didn't have the opportunity to get a free education. However, you got it, whether your parents could pay for it. You got a scholarship or you earned it on the, on the athletic scholarship or academic to have no college debt and to be able to go to school and, and know people's is working full time or taking out loans and stuff. Like I always felt like I had an obligation to people, especially people that look like me and you, right. You get free school. Like I'm taking advantage of it. Like no matter where I was, whether it was Stony Brook, Penn State or, 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 or uh, post, like somebody's giving me free school. Like you, you add up those grad school bills, like, let alone the uh, the undergrad, like you're talking like forty to fifty thousand dollars at at either Post, Stony Brook, or Penn State to go to grad school, and mm-hmm. somebody's giving me that for free. Like, you, you, I'm, there's no way I was gonna throw that away. Mm. Yeah, that that that's some drive right there, man. Just just it's it's on a different level when you get when you realize that you have opportunities. Because I feel like sometimes we have the opportunities and we don't realize it until. You know, like things we get in trouble for something or something happens. Like we're like, dang, yo, I yeah. could mess this up or whatever. But it's good that you kind of realize that, man. And, and, um, and you, you talked you know, about it t- taking a village. Like you know how volatile it is in the coaching world. Like I could be fired at any I moment, man. And, <laughs> I know I could go back and be a teacher somewhere or have another career path. You know? Absolutely. That that's a great point right there too, man. Um sometimes I'll be I'll be watching, especially the black coaches, man. Black coaches, I feel for y'all, man. Like every year I'm watching at the end of seasons, man, and black coaches. And and there was like uh some study done too on um black college coaches, man, that they have such a higher percent chance of not coming back. Like when when they get um, you know, like when a team lets them go, of having more difficulty getting another coaching gig, at least on like a big time college level. Like if they're coaching D1, they have a tough time getting another D1 job after losing their first job. And then versus the white coaches that like they bounce back right away, man. So I always feel for the coaches, man, the, the black college coaches, man, after they have a tough year and the team lets them go, I'm like, damn, man, I hope I hope he gets a job or, you know, whatever it is, man, because a lot of people don't think about stuff like that, man. But it's real, man. That coaching world is real, man, especially football coaches, man. Like, if you if you ain't getting the dubs, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, time is ticking, bro. <laughs> right, and, and everything is so uh, circumstantial. I mean, you just um, – and, and any coach, really, uh, you, 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 the, the fans can kind of uh, maybe sway your career a little bit. Uh, like, I'm sure there's some Jets fans that three years ago said Todd Bowles is one of the worst coaches they ever met. You know, he, <laughs> he can't coach. Now Todd Bowles, you know, he's, he's that masterpiece of a Super Bowl against right. the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? 
And then you, then you turn the corner, you look on the other side of the field, you got Eric Bieniemy, who's been a part of a great offense. But you got guys, you got guys that are, are white coaches that are maybe even, maybe their dad was a coach, whatever, but they're in their 20s or early 30s. Mm. And and after one or two, one or, one or two people validating them saying they're great coaches, they get a head coaching job at a very young age. You know, it's, it's um, it's uh, it's 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 very it's very the, the path is very different for us. Absolutely, man. And just speaking of that too, man, just I feel like when we get into the professional world, man, as black men and just black people in general, black women as well, um, we do get into a position where we might be the only, you know, black person um in at the job or at the only black person in, in whatever field the career that you're in, especially with football, like you mentioned before, there's a really low percentage of black football coaches in general, man. So, you know, how have you been able to kind of maneuver through that world, man, where a lot of times you come through and you just, you're the only black person there, you know? Um, you know, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Um, it's tough. It's tough only because not saying I'm a black man that doesn't get opportunities. It's because no matter really where I've worked other than maybe one stop, if you turn and look at the team and majority of the team look like, look like us, mm. but the, but the leadership doesn't, I think is the, is the harder part. Um, I'm not saying that every uh, black coach that that's out there that wants to be a coach is, is qualified or more more qualified than the next. It's just that the 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 representation of the coaches that doesn't represent the players that we we're we're going to recruit ultimately um, is the hardest part. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. And, and there are so many fields like that, including the educational, you know, realm where you have you know a school of like over 80 90 percent black kids and majority white teachers like so <laughs> i definitely feel you on that one man um yeah that 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 is something man all right so um a lot of your your job like your coaching job entails you recruiting um and i know a lot of people might not know like that don't follow football exactly what a recruiter is and what they do so can you tell us exactly what that is and what like the the job of a recruiter is and what you do um you know we're, the, we're there to identify talent first and foremost we're there to identify football talent and gauge a kid's potential um in the football realm and athletically uh first and foremost um the relationship no matter what you're doing whether you're working for a tech company or mm-hmm. you're working for a athletic company your, your job is to gauge that person's talent first and foremost can they can they do the job can they do it well? Can they exceed expectations? Number one, as far as their talent is concerned and, uh, and athleticism ability. Um, and, it, and the, the, I think the toughest part of it is that your relationship is started around football mm. around, but then you have to develop a relationship with that person. You have to have that person has to believe that the talent identified, I could cultivate that and make that player, not make that player, but give them ways, take their God-given ability mm-hmm. and turn them into ultimate this level, ultimately into a draft pick. Right. As well as, as well as take, make them understand that the given opportunity for them to get an education is also going to help them, even though it's not apparent. Mm-hmm. And the number one, the number one most apparent thing is, can they go on the first two, first day or the second day of the draft? And make a ton of money, guaranteed, right? Mm-hmm. But then you, but then we, we also have to make them understand is that 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 is short money, right? Mm. So you need that education so you could stop playing one day, right? 
The more educated you are, the the faster you can stop working, right? Because you can make more money, right? Right. The ultimate goal is to retire, right? So how many years off the back end can I shave off and save my and and earn money or save money or know how to make money? Great points. Because because as we know, is more money, more problems, right? (laughs) Right. Yes, sir. Especially you know, I was talking to uh, to Darrell Young. Shout out to Darrell Young about about this uh, actually, man. And uh, players not really getting the financial literacy component, man. I was telling them like, you know, you watch those those uh, documentaries with the players that are broke in the NFL and NBA after like five years, 10 years, and they spending all their money at the club and making it rain and doing this and that and the third, and they end up broke before they retire, man. And, um, you know, like it, it, it's, it's a shame, man. A lot of players don't understand financial literacy, man. So even though you get in the millions, you know, you, you're not really looking at the contract, who's taking, who's getting money from you. And then you're not looking at, you know, what is this going to keep coming when, you know, how long is it going to last? Can I afford this house? Can I afford that? Can I afford that? You know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot of things in between, like you just said, that, you know, have to be looked into, not just that money, man. And, uh, you know, like, I, like again, I'll, I know I'm probably uh, boring your audience when I say this. I'm going to connect everything uh, back to back to my, my, my parents and what they, what they taught me. Um, but it, it's you, you, we have to make them understand that even though they might not want to hear it right now, that the player development and the education piece is the best thing they have going for them. Mm. Because even even if let's say I have a student athlete that wants to school to go to school to be an engineer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he might have took a business class along the way. We did some player development program where now he's making a ton of money and he wants to start an engineering firm. But he he knows who he could trust as far as an, uh, a money manager, mm-hmm. an accountant, a publicist, like. A, a lawyer who's going to read their contracts. So maybe they're not, they're not well versed in those things, but they know where to go, what resources to go to, to get those things without getting screwed over too. you know? So not every kid's going to leave a, a financial planner, right? but, but, but you, you, you'll know maybe, Hey, maybe I should go to uh Goldman Sachs bank and talk to this guy about this amount of money. And you know what? I, I took his opinion over there and I'm going to go talk to somebody at Wells Fargo. And I'm going to go talk to somebody at TV bank. And I'm going to talk to somebody at Chase bank. So then I got all these guys forming an opinion and then I'm going to take this, oh, you know what? I graduated with Pascal. He's a lawyer. I know him. I'm going to take some of these contracts to somebody I know and help work that. I might not know anything, but I, I, I formulated an opinion. I have people to trust. I can think outside the box. I know that I know just enough to help myself. That's all you're, that's all you're looking for. You know, like, like, like LeBron James did it best. He assembled his team around of people he could trust. Not only are they smart men. Yes, he started a nice black conglomerate. But mm-hmm. those are those are dudes he could trust that he grew up with that mm-hmm. he just put through college that that understand. Yeah, that you know? that piece is so important too, man. Like that he put them through college, so it wasn't like, yo, I'm gonna hook you up for for you know twenty thirty thousand dollars so you can start this business or you know be a part of you know my group or whatever, man. But yo, go get educated first and then come holler at me, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. So it wasn't yeah. just like you know I'm gonna hook you up because we cool and we tight, but. Yo, get educated. So I, I trust you with my money and you know what you're doing. And then we 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 can we can make this happen. So I think that that's a definitely um, you know, a good a good uh thing to follow right there, man. What what LeBron was able to do with his his crew, um, which is really important, man. But yeah, going in back into the recruiting component, man, I just wanted to run through it like a quick scenario. So let's say, like, you know, you have a kid that, you know, maybe number one defensive, you know, line in the country, you know, he's highly ranked and, and you go, you know, to, to New York to go and recruit him. Right. Um, and, uh, you're interested in him. What from, from the coaching 
component, like what kind of questions are you going to ask him? And then what are you looking for? You know, are you going to be, you know, speaking to, to his teachers and the school that he's at? Um, and then what kind of questions are you looking to ask him? And what kind of answers are you looking for, like with him to see if he's the right fit? So, so number one, like you already said, he's established he's got the talent. So first thing I'm going to see is how he is in his environment. Mm. So what kind of teammate is he? What kind of student is he? Does the does the lunch lady think he's a good kid? Mm. Does, the dean of, does the dean of students think he's a good kid? When I stop by the attendance office, is he, is he always late? When I come to school and visit, am I going to find him roaming around the hallway? Or oh. hopefully some a teacher gonna or a dean of students or a coach is going to say he's in X, Y, and Z class learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask him what his goals are. I'm ask him what his you know what his relationship with his with his parents are. Um, you know, where does he see himself in the future? Th- things like that, because again, the the the, the more the uh, mature and the and the better the surrounding um, nurturing system or, or village the kid has, uh, the more likely they are to be go to college and be their own man and be successful. Right, right. All right, that definitely makes sense, man. I, I hope that there are some high school kids listening to this right now, man. Because I feel like sometimes when when you're when you're that that rank, man, you you start to get a buzz in your head, like, man, I don't got to go to class no more, man. It's my senior year, I'm chilling, you know what I'm saying? So imagine that year, that that day that you cut class is the day that you know one of the number one recruiters in the country comes through to your school and like, yo, where's so and so? Oh, they they um oh senior cut day, they 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 out chilling at the beach, like you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. Not a good look. Right. Not a good look. Right, you know? and, you, and you know, um, we 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 want, we both started a post with so many other students that after the first semester or after that first year, just came back that next September or uh, whatever, and they're not there. Yup, yup, yup. Too yeah, many, they, they man. Too that. many. Yeah, and you just say, hey, you, I never see that dude go to class. I see him in the I see him in the cap, and I see him in the in the rec hanging out, but I never see that dude on the other side of campus. It's only a matter of time, man. Only a matter of time, man. That's that's for some of the athletes too, man. Because the athletes, I think, sometimes when they get to that college level, they get that, you know, man, your teachers are gonna pass you anyway. You a star athlete in the school, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes, like you know, it is like that where the schools do look out for them, and I don't think they're really looking out. I think it's really hurting them, but um, where they they don't have to go to class, man. But a lot of times, like you know, it, it really hurts them in the long run, man. Like. If you are that type of caliber athlete, but some a lot of kids are not. They just don't go to class and they end up flunking out and losing their scholarships, man, which is really sad, man. But yeah, just taking that whole scenario, man, let's flip it around now. So, you know, I am the number one recruit in the country on the defensive end side. And, um, you know, I got Andrew Andrew Jackson coming through my school to come and recruit me. And, and um, you know, I got options, man. I got different schools out there that want me. That's going to give me a full ride. Like, you know, so... You know, how do I gauge to see who's going to be the best choice for me? And then when Andrew comes through, like, what what am I going to be asking them to make sure that this is the right school for me? Well, you're going to ask me how am I going to develop you? And, and number one thing is I'm going to, I'm, I, I'm not uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to make anybody anything. You have this ability, and I'm, my job is to make you more efficient, all right, and consistent, right? So whatever your best play is, I'm going to help you replicate that play multiple times. So, so that 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 uh that sack you always get off that one move right, that one move you do I'm gonna give you a counter to that move I'm gonna make sure you hit that move over and over and over again because that's what that's what your potential is so I'm gonna help you reach that more consistently and then I'm gonna teach you how to be a man 
I'm going to make sure you go to class. I'm going to make sure you got that extra player development so you can, you can manage your finances and everything you want to do. And I'm going to make sure that your goals meet my goals and so they equal the team goals. So, for instance, you want to go to the league. Best way to go to the league is sack the quarterback. I want to be recognized as one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, so I need to make sure you sack the quarterback. And if you're sacking the quarterback, the team is going to win the game. So we're going to make all of, we're going to make all those goals uniform. So yeah, it's it, it could be considered selfish to want to lead the country in sacks, but if, if, if the, one of the team goals is to get sacks, and my job is to put you in the right position to get sacks, it all it winds up being the same thing. And those are Absolutely. the most successful teams. The teams like the Urban Meyer coach teams and the Nick Saban coach teams, with all those draft picks and all those accolades those kids get, the coaches put them in good positions. The kids' natural ability takes over. Everybody wins at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, man, and I, and I also like what you mentioned, just the outside the uh, the game of football things too, man. That kids should be asking, man. Like you definitely want to make sure that the school has your best interest, man. Like, can, can you imagine that number one recruit going to you know one of these high ranked schools and then they get a devastating injury and the team is like, yo, all right, deuces, we only wanted you to play, you know, football. Now you can't play football. Peace. You know what I'm saying? And as opposed to another team that's going to be like, yo, we came through to develop you. You know what I mean? We're going to be patient with you. You've done this for us. And, um, you know, let's let's really look out for you. So I think it's really important to gauge that kind of team, too. Like, who's the best team that's going to really look out for you as a person, not just as a player? And I'm glad you mentioned all those things, man, because it's really looking into, you know, the athlete as a person, as a student. And, you know, their development, their self-development and not just as like, yo, what can you bring to the table? Like, how many sacks can you get me? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, what are you going to do for my defense kind of thing? But, you know, what are you going to do for our team? How are you going to develop, you know, you for our team and then how are you going to develop yourself? I think that that is so important, man. Very important. And, uh, and, and now with the, with, the, with the transfer portal and, and those kind of things, if, if you're not providing the young man or young lady with the opportunity to succeed and, and however they however they view themselves whether it's on the field or off the field um they're, they're gonna leave you know mm. so you need that relationship and I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong for them to leave I, I you only get four years to do it and you want to have the best experience so i understand it so you have to make sure you cover all the bases if you're just going to be the type of coach that just worries about them when they show up to the building you know when, when it does get difficult you know they're not they're not feeling that extra extra relationship because it's it's more than it's more than just Hey, what are you doing for me today? We're, we're talking about people. You know? Absolutely. Yep. 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 Yeah, man. Um. Oh, yeah. Too, man. Like, do do y'all do do you personally do you check out their social media, man? Because I feel like that that's the one part piece that a lot of kids forget sometimes. Like, what is going on in their social media? So, when you're recruiting your athletes, do you pay attention to that at all? Is that a big deal or not? I I do pay attention to social media. Um. Number number one. Um. I think social media could be used in a great way to, to market yourself, i.e. Uh, name, image, and likeness and branding. You could, you could start a business on, on that thing. You could, you could uh, uh, start a blog. You could, you could do all type of get advertising on that thing. So that, that's, I'm, I'm not a, saying that a kid being on social media, a downfall is, is with the exposure positively mm. comes the negative exposure. Yep. Um, so how are you handling that? How, how are you handling the person that comes at you sideways with two followers with no picture? that random person that, that, that comes after you, you know, mm-hmm. um, are, are you retweeting and liking stuff that, that you wouldn't want your grandmother knowing that you, that you look at or, 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 or are condoning. Cause anytime you like or retweet, you're, you're accepting that post as your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, your favorite rap lyrics or, or your favorite, your favorite, uh, Instagram model, you know, 
on your own, on your own time, fine. But if you're publicly acknowledging those things, you know, it could, it could set you back. Um, some of the things that people say and some of the things that people endorse, um, you know, sometimes the, 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 the people out there, um, that, that post the controversial stuff is, 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 uh, that young man going to be wrapped up totally into, um, his social media as opposed to using it as a benefit and as a tool or using your platform to, for, for the wrong thing. Um, mm. so, so case in point, I, I coached Mississippi state and, um, Colin Hill used his social media to get the Mississippi flag check. You know, so, um, that, I mean, that, that was great. That was great. That was great. And then, you know, some, sometimes, um, I can't think of an example offhand, but you know, sometimes some, some guys lose their, you know, lose their mind on that social media page and, and wind up tweeting things for the, the wrong things, or you get caught on camera. Like the, the young man with Cam Newton, I, I mean, he just got caught on the on camera uh, coming after, you know, talking talking disrespectfully to Cam Newton. Mm. Um, you know, so that was what I, you know, so it, it's 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 things like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and I know, like, just you being in the game for so long, man. I'm sure you've seen a lot of athletes lose scholarships, or um, you know, teams get rid of them through the social media. If I'm, is that is that correct? Like, is that accurate? And that's that's definitely correct. And, and one, one thing I'll just you know say about it is just just make sure you're respectful and mindful, um, because anything you put up there is it's never going away. Mm, mm-hmm. It's never going away. And and sometimes you you don't want to let your personal your personal thoughts and beliefs um, hold you back from where you want to go. Absolutely, um, man. Absolutely. You know? All right, let's get into some of your coaching, man. Um, I know, like you know, coaches usually have like their philosophy of coaching, like what, what it is that the coaching is about for them and what they, what they try to instill in their athletes. So do you have like a, a coaching philosophy yourself that, that you instill in your athletes and, and you believe in? Absolutely. I, I want to make their goals and dreams align with the team goals and, and dreams and take them to the furthest of their potential, athletically, physically, spiritually, mentally. Uh, that, that's my number. That's my number one philosophy and goal. And, mm-hmm. and then to make sure that that every kid has the, the the best experience they possibly can, because a lot of times I think in major college sports we forget to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it really gets into like this is a job now. You you're waking up, you're watching tape and film. You got workout at you know twelve o'clock, and you know I mean practice at at one o'clock, and then back to film and all. Yeah, it could get really routine, man. You're right. Co- co- collegiate collegiate and pro sports are child games played by men and women. Mm. Boys and girls. <laughs> that's, that's a great way of putting it. Absolutely, man. Have fun. Have fun. All right. Uh, just uh, with with the uh, the work that you do, you know, as a coach, like uh, for the people that don't know, like you're a defensive line coach. Uh, what exactly does that entail? Like, what is your job? Like, what is your nine to five on a regular? And then, like, what is it like on game day? On on the regular, um, so d- during the season, um, we're. During the season, it's seven days a week. So the first day of training camp until the last game of the season, whether it's the bowl game or championship, we probably work almost every day, 99% of those days in a row. Um, so, you know, start starting in the game week, uh, Sunday would be like the, the uh, rest and recovery day, break down the game. We just play, get, get on to the next opponent. Uh, Monday, I would break down the offensive line, the run game, the pass protection. Um, Tuesday, in, introduce that game plan to the players. Wednesday introduced the third down, third down game plan to the players, whether it was third and long and passing or short yardage. Thursday is a big review day. Friday is a walkthrough and travel. And, and Saturday we play. We repeat that over 12, 12 to 13 weeks uh, over and over and over again. 
And then in between that time, uh, recruiting um, is a major piece, trying to trying to talk to those those blue chip players every night. Um, try to have those kids around in a normal time to, for a game on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, find time in there for uh, my fiance, my daughter. <laughs> you know, in get that time days, in, yes, sir. You get, try, try to get that time in. Um, and then uh, offseason is, is um, more so about recruiting off campus and on campus, getting kids around the building, and then a little bit of a break in July, and we restart the cycle again. So it's uh, – it, it's uh, it's. I, I would love for it to be nine to five, but some of the work kind of kind of creeps into your into your into your personal time, especially with, with your recruiting. But uh, um, I, I think the uh, I think that the coaching profession has gotten better at work life balance, and and there's no reason for coaches to be getting divorced because they don't spend enough time with their wife and kids. And, yeah, and, I remember and, looking and, into and, that too. Yeah, man, yeah. that's sad. And man. and, and, and uh, it happens, you know, it happens with the female coach and the men's coach where. You know, we, you know, sometimes we're absent from our from our, our family's lives and it's um it doesn't it doesn't always need to be that way. I agree, man. I definitely agree. And that's that's not even just college or professional coaches, man, even high school coaches too, man, where you know what I mean, like you you you're you're you know, coaching for like an all time winning program or it's a very serious program, it could be like that too, man. Even football, man. Like I know a lot of schools in the South, it's like a religion down there, man. Like with the coaching, man. It's the same. It's like you're coaching college at the high school level, man. So I definitely, you know, agree on with that standpoint, man. Just finding that balance, man. That's with anything, man. You definitely wanna, you know, make time for your loved ones and you know, make sure you're you're taking care of business at home, man. Uh so with the uh, you know, with with the um with the uh, coaching that you do, man, uh, you've been doing it for a minute. And I know like there's people that, that probably are interested in, you know, becoming uh, an NFL coach or a college coach. Um, so like what, what advice based on the years that you've been in the game, would you give to the people listening in that are interested in the field and, and interested in, you know what I mean? Possibly coaching at, at a very high level. Um, number one is, is, is uh, make the investment to learn. Um, you can learn something from any coach, um, any teacher um, along the way. Uh, coaching is nothing more than teaching um, and, and, and make the investment to learn and grow yourself in the profession. Go, go visit places, go ask questions uh, from anybody, from people that were successful, people that were unsuccessful. Ask the people that are successful why they were successful. Ask people that didn't, make, didn't necessarily have the greatest season they wanted to. Ask them why and, and, and connect with the youth. Connect with the youth um, would be the number one uh, thing too. Just know that whatever time you're able to spend with a with a, a young man or young lady, that those are developmental time for for that person, and, and you could you could teach them a lot through through the sport or whatever you're or whatever you're working through through dance through cheerleading. You you could teach them time management. You could teach them mental toughness. You could teach them it's okay to fail. You could teach them how to handle success. Um, all those all those life skills that we all are going through. Um, we, we could we could be a big part of somebody's life and and have fun doing it. Um, uh, you, you coach for the success and for the W's, but, you know, see, seeing my guys all across the stage and seeing my asking my guys asking me to, hey, coach, can you write me a letter of recommendation or can I use you as a reference for a job? is just as fulfilling as seeing one of your guys get drafted. Mm, mm, great points, man. Great points. All right. Let's let's flip that. To the other perspective, man, just, uh, you know, high school athlete that's looking to make it into the pros or even before that, looking to make it for, you know, a full a full ride to, you know, a big time college. Like, what advice would you give them? Uh, I'm going to say this and, and just remember where I came from. I, st- I came from a Division II school that was a partial scholarship program that, that is now a, 
uh, FCS football program at, um, at uh, Long Island Post now, as they call it. Um, there's a level for sports for everybody. Uh, going Division One isn't everything. Getting a free education and having a great experience is 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 worth a lifetime. If you have mm-hmm. the talent and, and you get recruited to, to play at the highest level, um, so be it. But I, I would never trade our time together that, that I had at Post, even if homecoming was only in front of ten thousand. Uh, not uh, not a hundred thousand. Um, I, I still I still would never trade that time for for anything. I, it was greatest time of my life, and it's out there for all of you. And 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 not all not all of us are super talented, but there's a home for all of us if we want to go play somewhere. Absolutely, man. Great great tips right there, man. Great tips. All right. Um. So just just the athletes that you're around in general, man. Like overall, like if you could have like maybe a top three, like if before they leave, you know, coaching before they leave you before they graduate or they move on to, to the pros, what three things like is the major, major things, whether it be like on the field or just in life that you really try to instill in them? Uh, be a great man. Never stop learning. And, and have fun. Mm, mm. Okay. Definitely great. You could apply that to the game or to, to life, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, so I know one one thing that football players get a bad rap of is uh, the anger stuff, man. You know, sometimes like we're watching the news and, you know, every other week, like you're looking at an NFL player dealing with domestic violence or a college player just dealing with anger issues and depression and all type of, you know, mental health issues. So um, how do you keep that mental health balance like for your players and just like you just said, reminding them that, like, oh, this is a game. And then also helping them, like you said before, develop into manhood and learning how to control their emotions and and not transforming into, you know, the monsters that that we see sometimes with some of the football players that that can't do it, man. That can't, you know, after the game, just just de-stress and, and take it, take it away and not bring it home, man. Uh, I, I think there's maybe two different ways here. Um Number one is if you're having a mental health issue, um, when it's anxiety, depression, anger, um, it, there's no stigma in, th- in this day and age to go get help. Um, I, I, I talked to a sports psychologist as I was a coach. I wish I had that um, got a, at my fingertips when I was a player, but I talked to sports psychologists all the time and making sure that I'm not doing things to trigger people's um, mental health and make sure that what are, what are the warning signs, what should I be looking out for is number one, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and number two is you don't have to always be the, the, the tough guy. I mean, I think that's that's one one thing that's going it's kind of maybe gone wrong with the young men that we're raising today is uh, you know we, we 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 tell young young boys that they have to be so hard and so tough all the time because that showing your emotions in a in a way that you're not feeling 100 percent is a, is a sign of weakness. So you don't you don't have to hold all that that aggression in all the time. And and uh, don't be bigger than don't be don't be don't be uh, bigger than anybody else in the sense of that you're better than people. You don't have to walk around and being a, being a, a tough guy. You, you probably look bigger than, are bigger than most people that you see. You lashing out against them physically is going to make you a better man. You know, mm. just you know, just be humble. Be humble because yeah, we all know that you know life is fragile. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, so with, with you being in, uh, you know, West Virginia, man, you've been kind of pretty much around, you know, pretty much everywhere, man. So do you take different things that you got, like, from different schools uh, into, you you know, what you do? And um, 
like just different memories of different things that were done. Like, you know, I think every football program has their own kind of family, like atmosphere or things that they do and things like that. So what have you taken from some of, you know, the uh, places that you've been at, like some of your favorite things that, that they did or um, that you've taken personally? So uh, there's one, there's one thing I started um, uh, after I left post, I started when I went to Stony Brook. And I wish I started it at post, but I just wasn't thinking about it. I have a journal I keep uh, every day. And, uh, what, and I ask myself every day when I write in it, uh, what did I learn today? Mm. And negatives and positives, goods and bads, situational things, stuff that popped up. And I ask myself, did I get, you know, what did I learn and did I get better today? It's the two questions I always ask myself. And so, uh, there's been coaches I've worked for that uh, don't value the, uh, the things that I value and there's some that do. And I try to I try to connect the dots. I try to understand what maybe why they didn't value that, and maybe why they valued another thing. Because mm. um, in general, I think in, in, I think I've worked for a bunch of great men, and I think they all had a purpose and all revolved on trying to trying to have a successful program and win football games. I just think sometimes, uh, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, you lose sight of, of certain things and certain things that may be more important. Um, and and most times, it's it's trying to win. Mm. It's the best of us. I could definitely see that, man. Great point right there, man. Um, you know, sometimes like, especially I think like with, with something like foot, there's so much pressure, man, like to to be the best, whether you're an athlete or a coach, man, and to win that it's like you, you do it at all costs, man, like including your own mental health and your own, you know, family and everything, man. And it really shouldn't be like that, like you said, man. Definitely. Yeah, and I, and I, I'll, get, I'll get out of coaching when Saturday after a win doesn't feel great. If, if that starts to feel like relief, I know, I know my time is done. Mm. If, if if a win doesn't feel fun, then I'm not, I'm not in it for the right reason. That's a great point, man. That's what it, I think that, see, a lot of the things I like about sports is that you can just connect it to life, man. And that's with anything, man. You're going to, to, to um, you know, you're doing your career and you're not really enjoying it and um, it's not bringing you joy, man. And you have the opportunity because sometimes some of us, we got responsibilities, but if you have the opportunity, man, find something you love, man. Like stop wasting time you know, doing something that you hate every day, man. Life is way too short for all that, man. <laughs> you know, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but you're 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 a dad, so you have a you have a different um a more a, a different importance to it than than just work, and you have to provide. So I I, I definitely I'm not there yet. Hopefully soon, but uh, I understand what you said there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So let's let's get into a little activity here. This is called What's Your Favorite? Just learning a little bit more about you, man, and things that you're into, man. Um, so uh, let's get into what is your favorite pregame meal like for football? Whether I don't know if it's changed like as an athlete versus coaching, like, but what, what do you normally munch on, man, before games? Like, <laughs> uh, we, you know, usually, usually you don't have the choice, but at Penn State, they had the best spread. They had a uh, pasta Alfredo with um, with uh, some steak, and uh, they had uh, the, the, like a loaded uh, potato you can make. Uh, I think the Penn State pregame meal was my favorite. Yo, you know, I always wonder too with the pregame meal. Sometimes they'd be like all types of like buffet food and all this stuff. Like, is it like just like uh, players can just like digest that real quickly and it, it don't affect them during the game at all? Like or like, how does that work with with the with the meals and the preps? I know, like some high schools and colleges, man, like they they got some some really interesting pregame meals, man. I'm like, wow, like these guys are eating all of this before a game, like in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, they've gotten much more scientific with the strength coaches and the nutritionists that 
the, the pregame meals are a little bit more healthy and able to digest for the guys now. Um, so it 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 it, uh, and it also depends on what position you play and those kind of things. But they haven't they have gotten more healthy as as I've gotten into my coaching career, which is better for me too because I can't lose the weight as fast as I could when I was <laughs> years ago. When I was that post. Got you, got you. Yeah, definitely, man. Getting older, getting older. All right. Um. So your your favorite football player, um, right now and just I maybe of all time, like if it's the same or if it's any different. Um. Favorite football player of all time. Uh, shoot, I was I was a huge, huge, huge um, Reggie White fan. Mm. Uh, I won I won ninety two because of him. Um, that 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 old school hump move uh, when he was with the Eagles and and finishing his career with the Packers um, was was is one of my favorites. Um, but right now I have I have a bunch of guys I just I just love following because they're they're good dudes. Um, and I, I've, I've, I've come across them and watched them develop. So I can't pick just one. So I, I, Jeffrey Simmons at, at the Tennessee Titans, uh, Montez Sweat with the with the Washington football team, uh, having been around uh, Saquon Barkley, mm. um, having been around Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Kosicki. Um, uh, man, there's, there's so many more. Uh, I could just keep naming them. Um, but those guys just – knowing what kind of good dudes they were off the field and, and how they represented themselves to how they are now. Um, you know, especially Saquon Barkley. I think he's one of the most down to earth people I've ever come across. Um, wasn't highly, wasn't a big name as far as how he came out of high school per se, as far as nationally, mm-hmm. but, but the success that kid had and how, he, how humble he was um, and how humble he still is and Watching him battle back in this injury, I hope he I hope his career still takes off after after the injury. And I know he's working towards it, but he's just that good of a kid, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. That that piece is important too, man. Not just the athlete, but the person, like we mentioned before. Absolutely, man. All right, let's take it to the team, the team component now, man. Your favorite team now, and then maybe all time if it's the same. Um that that Giants team that that beat the the Patriots uh the Special. first time. Yeah, uh, I mean, with Michael Strahan and them dudes, man. Uh, so one of my one of my high school buddies, his dad had season tickets to the to the Giants, and he, they brought me to my first ever uh, uh, NFL game. I'm forever thankful, uh, my buddy Jim Smith. Um, so we went to the the Patriots Giants game at the end of the season when the Patriots beat him to have the undefeated season, and mm. we were leaving. The, we, we, it was a great game. The Giants lost, but like uh, we remember, we were like, man, we're gonna beat you on the Super Bowl. <laughs> and the whole stadium was filled with Patriots fans, and it was in New York. It was in it was in the Giant Stadium. It was in Jersey, and they were like laughing at us, like "Y'all are stupid." Like, Man, this is never gonna. And then you know, uh, February, whatever, that that time, you know, uh, later in February, that that next that next calendar year, beating the Patriots, man, that that I'll never forget that moment, man. And then going to the parade that that year was. Yeah, that was magical, okay. man. No, nobody yeah. expected. I could see why they laughed at you. They're like, yeah, yeah, we we yeah. gonna be undefeated, man. And you know, it was in the yeah. news every day, man. Like, yeah, man, Tom Brady having a special career with Randy Moss, and season is gonna be wonderful, and they're gonna be the best team of all time, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the Giants kind of killed that, man. Like, Tom Brady would have had the best season of all time, man. Like, had he, had he won that Super Bowl? That's crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's interesting. That's interesting, man. All right, uh, favorite football movie? Uh, remember the Titans? Um, uh, and, okay. And I know it's a, I know it's a Disney Disney production, but people need to watch that movie. People need to watch that movie because 
and, and just look how, how so how so fragile the color of somebody's skin is and judging them based off of that, how fragile it is mm. to to how that team came together and how it, it took it, the one of the final pieces of that team coming together was one of the star players getting injured in a car accident. Right. It took for the and, and just imagine all you know, all that stuff that the two coaching staffs getting merged together and all that history of them riding through Gettysburg that it really took it really took one of the teammates getting hurt and and the care they showed for him to to bring people together. Like it, it took it took a person losing their ability to walk to to really put push it over the edge. I I think is I know it's a Disney production, it's a fairy tale ending, but it, it applies so much to what we go through today. Just you know, just even if you just don't really like somebody, or you, maybe you are biased, just keep it just keeping it to yourself and keeping it moving, and not ruining somebody else's day because of the way you feel personally. Mm-hmm. You know, just even just being tolerant. Mm-hmm. Because one thing you I, 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 you know from a football team, there's over a hundred players on the team. You're not going to like everybody. That's a fact. But you can learn how to tolerate them and learn their beliefs. And even if you don't agree, man, you 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 can agree to disagree, but you have a work relationship. You keep it moving. That is a fact. That is a fact. All right. Um, your favorite football position? Um, even though I coach defensive line, my favorite position is quarterback, and I always wanted to be a. Quarterback. Oh, you might get in trouble for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I just always was. Uh, I'm, I'm still to this day though uh, fascinated by quarterbacks because um, what they mean to the team. Yeah. Um, the the blame they get when they do lose, and you know everybody, everybody down for the glory. They catch too much blame when they lose. Um, they get judged by people that don't understand the position on the outside world. They, they, they catch all the heat and how smart you have to be, how dedicated you have to be beyond what's required of you, the 20 hours we have to, we have to do, what's required beyond you to, to, to have that position. Mm. Um, I, I really respect the hell of the quarterback. Yeah, this is this. I don't even know another really position that has more responsibility in any sport, man, than a quarterback, yeah. man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 a good one, man. All right. Your favorite memory as a player. Uh, favorite memory as a player, we went out and played Bloomsburg in a snowstorm when I was at post. I think they were the number two team in the country. We wound up upsetting them at their place in the snow. Uh first time playing in the snow, beating the number two team in the country. And uh and, and that was just one of the best moments of my life. Awesome, awesome. All right, let's 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 switch it up. Favorite favorite uh game you ever no favorite memory, favorite football memory as a coach. Um blocking the field goal versus Ohio State in 2016 and beating Ohio State in, in a whiteout at Penn State is probably my favorite coaching memory. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Um your favorite thing just in general about like the work that you do, man. Like just yeah. Yeah, just your favorite thing about just coaching, what what excites you every day. You know, like you said, you get up excited to go to work. So what is it about the job, about your career that that excites you so much? Um, right right now, currently, it's the diversity I have in, in my D-line room. So I got guys from the north, guys from the south. I got a kid from Finland. I got a kid from Canada. Um, I got a, I got dudes from from um, from from rough up, uh, upbringings. I got dudes that live in the country, parts of West Virginia, and to, to hear to see them sit back and interact with each other, um, it just gives me hope for the for the way the world is today. Like th- these kids, 
interact with each other, listen to each other, explain where they came from, connecting um, on just stuff that's not football, just just in life, just putting them in a, in a Zoom room or in a meeting room and listen to them talk about their favorite food and and uh, and just and just stuff like that. Connecting, just just that that's why I get up and do this every day because it's 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 a microcosm of what the world could be as a football locker room. Um, if you look at the good teams, that have great locker rooms. Bad teams have bad locker rooms. Mm. And um, people interacting on a, on a larger scale is, 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 is and, and learn from each other is why I get why I like doing what I'm doing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. Uh, all right. So let's transition uh, just into you know legacy now, man. So um, you know down down the line, man. Um, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later, when we're looking at the legacy, you know, of Andrew Jackson and what he brought to the game of football, man. Like what, what do you want people to remember about, you know, who you were and what you represented on and off the field? Um, then that I handled myself with class. Um, I gave my best effort and I made sure that my, my players were the most successful they possibly could be. Mm. All right. All right. Man, Andrew, man, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Just just catching up and talking in on just um some of your experiences, man. Really interested, man. Um, and you know, I hope I hope we continue to link to to link up, man. Maybe one day I'll I'll come through to a West Virginia game or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you, if you ever need me to hop on a Zoom in one of your classes or something, if I can help out and be a guest speaker, I'd love to do that too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look for something in the future, man. For sure. For sure. You know, students are always asking me too, man, about you know linking them up with different people. So um that's that's part of the program, man. Definitely, man. So I'm definitely gonna holler at you, man. Um all right, uh so can you leave us with maybe uh you know your favorite quote and kind of what it means to you? Like what um, you know, you one quote that maybe you use with your players a lot or just you use in life a lot. Um I don't have anything off the top of my head. Uh, quotes wise, um, but I one thing I, I um, one thing I always put up is I take the word opportunity and nowhere or now here and put it all together and ask them what they see. So he just says opportunity is now here or opportunity nowhere, and I mm. make them look at that. I make them look at that, and, that, and that's how I tell guys to judge every decision they make. Is there opportunity here for you? Opportunity is now here. Or is the opportunity nowhere? Are you going to get better by doing what you're doing? That's a great one, man. I might steal that one right there, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. That's that's a good one, man. Opportunity. I stole nowhere. it too, so pay it forward. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. That's what the teachers do, man. Good teachers still, man. <laughs> still material. <laughs> yeah, that's that's dope, man. That's dope. That's a great point, man. Just looking at different scenarios and, and looking for the opportunity or the lack thereof and then making a decision from there, man, based on that. That's good stuff. Absolutely, man. All right, man. Again, Andrew, it was, a, it was a, a fun time, man. I appreciate you coming through, coming on. I know you got your busy schedule and everything, man. And we wish you best of luck this year with West Virginia, man. Hopefully, you know, we can we can get in a little bowl game at the end of the season and have a great season, man. Um, so good luck. Good luck this season, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you for thinking of me. And uh, I mean, I, I think your work you're doing is great. I love how you're reaching out to the uh, all the post people that you went to school with and bringing them back for your show. I enjoyed listening to all those folks. Um, and some, I learned some stuff about the new folks on your show. So I look forward to, to maybe you being on a uh, big time on Spotify. After. <laughs> yeah, 
Yo, that'd be dope, man. That would be dope, man. Let's see, let's see what happens, man. But yeah. this is, has been a a fun opportunity experience. Opportunity is now here. What'd you say? Opportunity, opportunity is now here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll remember that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it's just been fun, man. It's been a fun experience and um just trying to give back, you know, to to trying to give back to what we're losing out on, which is the educational component, the motivational component, and then just reminding people that there is black excellence everywhere out there, man, globally, you know, and um, it's, it's, a, it's important, man. It's very important, man. So I appreciate that, man. Very appreciate Absolutely, it a lot, man. man. And, and thank you for what you're doing for the schools, man. I know you guys are putting yourself in, in harm's way, teaching the youth and with, with the virus going on. And it, it's much appreciated. You guys are going to go down to history of being heroes, educators. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's just been a it's been a, a wild 2020, man. <laughs> Let's just say that <laughs> a wild 2020, man. But you know what? Um, without 2020, I wouldn't even have we wouldn't be here right now talking, and we wouldn't have Mastermind. We wouldn't have the program. So, you know, when when they are, it, it, there's there's some good and everything bad, right? So, just finding that peace and just you know just going with it, man. So, yeah, man. Um, it's been it's been it's been an interesting time, man. But we here, we here. <laughs> yeah man yeah man thanks so, so much man yes sir and guys uh please share the program share it if you know any you know young athletes that that are looking to get scholarships that are you know interested in football or whatever other sport um i think the gems today just from a, a recruiting standpoint and what, what they're looking for and how to get to that next level is, is extremely important man and extremely um just just for the young kids to listen to or even college athletes getting to the that NFL the or the pro level, just very, very important. Share the program. And even if you're not into the, the NFL component, just the life component. We we can take that and transfer that into life as well with the sport. So um uh just you know share the program and uh continue to follow us. Uh and remember your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. If you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G, and I will see you next time on Mastermind.